What's up, freaks and geeks? Are you going to be freak or geek? Uh, I'll be the geek today, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's time for you to be the geek because I'm always a freak. All right. Well, hey, then then that means that you got to have a petty complaint to start the show. My petty complaint? Oh, well, it's got to be that stupid bullshit I heard from the Wrestling Observer this morning when I was working out. All right. Lay it on us. Oh, well, you know, um, Charlotte Flair is not the Roman Reigns of the women division. Yeah, bullshit. Who are you fucking kidding, Dave? Give me a fucking break. Now, that opens up a great topic because I already laid it on you, but why don't you lay it on people, the little conspiracy theory that's being construed as to why Dave is pushing this? Because he's been buddies with Ric Flair for a long time. He knows that if people perceive Charlotte to be the Roman Reigns of the women's division, which is so obvious. I mean, you don't have to be you don't have to be watching wrestling for that long to figure that out. But he's trying to cover because he's buddies with Rick and I think, you know, he doesn't want Charlotte to get booed for no for no fucking reason, like Roman Reigns. So he's he's protecting Charlotte Charlotte a bit because of his Rick connection. Now, so we've talked before uh, privately about how Dave, how we both think that Dave doesn't realize the power that he holds over the the fan base. So does that mean that Dave is aware of the power that he he holds? He should be. He'd be an idiot not to. Especially with, you know, uh, Reddit. You know, I think that the the squared circle. Well, yeah, I was going to say, especially now in the age of the Internet. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, Reddit really changed everything because Reddit is so widely available. But then you have, like, Facebook ads that have, like, you'll be just scrolling around checking out your brother's dog photos. And then in the sideline you see, Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Charlotte Flair is not the chosen one. And then, you know, everyone, oh, thank (laughs) God, you know, well, now I can support her. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's basically all it is. He's just trying to cover for her because he knows, you know, fans will turn. Once they find out, they get marked with that, you know, franchise tag. So this opens up the whole thing. So recently, I know I sent it to you that a uh, little snippet from, um, oh man, that manager, Great Muda's manager. You know, Gary Hart. From Gary Hart's book, where Gary Hart just lambasts Dave. He calls him a groupie. He says he just, he helps his friends, reports good news about his friends, reports bad news about his friends' enemies. He's talked before about how he basically agented for guys to get more money from WCW. Like, do you think, I really think that the walls are crumbling on Dave in a lot of ways and that people are really realizing that maybe Dave is just a biased player. He's not a journalist, he's a player. Yeah, he's definitely, he's a player in the business who can, who can agent, yeah, who can agent for, who can promote guys, basically. Look at Kenny Omega. That's proof. There was I mean, a, Kenny Omega. I mean, I think so much of Kenny Omega's rise with New Japan has a lot to do with Dave Meltzer's push of him through his newsletter. Yeah, and I don't really see how anyone can say there's no connection between the two. I mean, it wasn't long after the Okada match that you know. I remember one after the we were there for the first Okada match live. It was only a couple of days after that. I'm pretty sure he was on Observer Radio, and there's already talk like, is he going to go to WWE? He's going to show up at the Royal Rumble. What's his future? That's when all this whole "Where's Kenny Omega going to be?" story started running, and to the to the point where I just got so sick of it because seemed like every year we had to listen to this crap like, "Oh, where are the young bucks going? Where's Kenny Omega going?" All that started with the Observer, and I, I don't really know how anyone says they can't that the two aren't related. 
I got into a big kind of scuffle. The one time that Dave's ever acknowledged, well, actually, Dave's acknowledged me three times, I believe. But the first time was on the message board where he was saying, because uh, I was like, look, Dave, you, you, you gave Omega Okada six stars because you thought it would be the, the best match ever, and you wanted to, you know, for all these different reasons. And then a month later, Naito and Elgin had a match just as good, proving that Omega Okada was a great match, but it no better than all the other high-quality matches that are out. And Dave was like, no, you don't understand. My friends in in Tokyo told me that on the train, everyone was calling it the best match that they ever saw. Women were crying in the crowd, which I've yet to see video or photos of bitches crying in the crowd. I'm sorry, I haven't seen them. Send them to me, please. But I responded back well, with... Well, there's always reaction shots of women crying. I've seen them. No, seen them I've before. seen people with their mouth open and with their hands on their face and people cheering. I've never seen tears streaming down their face. I've never seen that, okay? Okay. Have yeah. you? It's happened before, but anyway. Well, send me photos because it seems like this would be... If I just Googled bitches crying at the Tokyo Dome, it should be very easy to find those photos and I'm, I'm sure you'll them. find you'll. I'm sure you'll find exact specific photos to that search. Well, I, now I want to search it. Bitches crying yeah. at the Terrible. Tokyo Dome. Terrible vocabulary, by the way. Um, it's a bunch of concert photos. Yeah, yeah, it's a bunch of idol concerts. Uh, anyway. I don't see anything about wrestling. Okay, so, um, so I told now you and me we went to Todokan the next day to sell our tickets to New Year's Dash. And we were standing <laughs> right. around, yeah, yeah. and we were standing around with five people, and we were all talking if uh, it was even the best match on the card. You know, most of us were saying, "I don't know that the Goto Shibata match was really well, damn good." I, I remember where we sat. The Shibata Goto match was the most over. Like it was the match that I think in our section, like the people were most into. But uh, I mean, look uh, from objectively, yeah, Okada Omega was the best match on the show, but. I just dude, think being come there on, lie. quit lying, dude. We stood at that store, and you and me and like four foreigners were saying, "What was the best match?" I don't know. And we all had, and and one guy thought that Tanahashi Naito was the best match. So right, it's like right, right. you can't. And so I'm like, Dave, you have sycophants. You say my friend in Tokyo said this. You're basing an entire global opinion on your one sycophantic friend. Right. That's that. That's my yeah, point. Yeah, I think I think sometimes people take his word as religion, like he's the preacher of of the wrestling bubble, and I, I think people need to be aware that it's just his opinion. It's like not, it's it's not what he's saying is gospel. So I mean, look, I still like the Observer Radio because Dave has insight that that others don't have, and I, I like reading the newsletter because it's it's just it's usually a good read, and there's some interesting facts. And I think Dave Meltzer's a great wrestling historian too. More than anything, I'd say he's a great historian than a journalist, per se. But I like wrestling history, so it's always interesting to me. So it's not like I don't really enjoy – I mean, look, I, I enjoy the content from the, Observer, from the Observer very much so. But it's not without its faults. And, like, normally, you know, there's things that Meltzer says that I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I don't agree with that, but whatever. But today, with that whole Charlotte Flair thing, I was like, hmm, that one was a real whopper of a bullshit lie. So I couldn't, I, I couldn't uh, back down from. Normally I just let it pass, but I couldn't let that one slide. That was just ridiculous, man. Come on, Charlotte Flair has definitely been propelled from the from the minute they started this bullshit, whatever women's revolution. 
Charlotte Flair was always pegged to be. I remember what, what was the WrestleMania in Dallas when they did the three. That was three years ago. And they did the three-way with Charlotte, Sasha, and Sasha and, uh, was the most over. We all knew it. Sasha yeah. had the most steam Sasha coming was, off of NXT. Who, who was the other? Who it was the three-way? Who was the third one? Was it Becky? Becky Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. Sasha was the the big star. Everyone wanted Sasha to win, but no, they went with Charlotte because Charlotte is the 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 center. She's the focal point. She's the heir apparent. Not I was gonna say heir apparent because who is she taking over from? But Sable. Yeah, but she was the one who's pegged to be the focus of attention for the women's division. It's pretty much been that way. So for him to say like. Oh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's, you know, I don't have any problem with Charlotte Flair. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, I really have no real opinion of Charlotte. Like, she's good, but I don't really care about her. It's like I, I would pay. It's not like I'm going to pay a, buy a ticket to see her. Let me put it that way. But she's a good wrestler. But to say, oh, well, she's not the focal point. She's not the Roman Reigns of the women's division. It's like, come on, man. Like, this, that's a ridiculous statement, honestly. Um, I mean, she had the 15 pay-per-view undefeated streak. She was the perennial champion. The belt always yeah. went back to her. She was the Jerry Lawler who, of that title. Yeah. Um, yeah. We go on for, for, for yeah, days I about mean, it. She, every, every feud she had, she always ended up on top, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Or most of her feuds, she's always ended up on top. So I, I mean, mean the just... whole point of her being in that, like, when, look, it's it's – it's Becky Ronda, and even me as like this real outside fan, I saw that big brawl where Becky wound up bloody. I saw that promo. I saw the writing on the wall. I was like, man, Becky Ronda's a hot match. I kind of want to watch it. Um, the fans are all into it, and she got injured, so they had to, which I'm always, whenever people get injured at opportune times so they can put in other people, I think the WWE does fuck with their injured list. I do, because they want to um, shape reality but when charlotte was put into the mania main event i'm just like look it's obvious it's obvious what's going on the wwe is all about creating uh video packages that are gonna live on for a hundred years in in 2050 it's all about the moment yeah in 2050 when charlotte is turned to 77 and she comes out on raw nine nine million and yeah. they're, they're going to play the video package. And they want yeah, and Charlotte in that video package. She's hair and big glasses and waving. and yeah. uh, They want her in that, that fucking video package. It's as clear as day. Rhonda in the yeah. middle and then Becky Charlotte. And as time goes on, they start editing out Rhonda to make it about these two fucking Becky and Charlotte. Come on. It's, it's, it's clear as day, Dave. Why can't you just yeah. say they well, want I'm Charlotte in the promo package? To their credit, if they if they want to do that because Ronda's supposed to leave and then you have Becky and Charlotte as a ready-made feud, I mean, I get that. But, um, look, I'm not – neither of us are big WWE fans. WWE could do all kinds of stuff and I, I really want to make a difference. So if they make it a three-way, it's cool. Like, I'm not bothered by it. I mean, would it have been better if they just did Ronda and Becky? Probably. But throwing Charlotte in there isn't going to hurt the match. It's kind of you know what this reminds me of. It reminds me of the um, the I think it was two thousand four the WrestleMania with Benoit and where Benoit won the title with Triple H. Originally it was just him and Triple H, but I think they put in if I remember correctly they put Shawn in there Shawn Michaels because they felt like Triple H and Benoit and some wasn't a big enough draw and they just wanted to add a little bit more star power to it. And I think that's all they're really doing here. I don't really think there's anything wrong with it though. Yeah, there isn't anything wrong with it, but then like once you. Here's the thing, man. It's human nature to rebel when you don't get what you want. 
Yeah. And Dave is just part of it. So, okay, so I'm going to go into a, a second conspiracy theory that I've concocted. Well, hold on a second. Before okay. we get into this conspiracy, do you think fan, the WWE fans really just want to see Ronda versus Becky? Or do, do you think they really care that it's a three-way? Look, man, Becky's a badass. Like, like that's the thing. Charlotte comes out in the robe, and she's got the big fake tits and the long blonde hair, and she's Ric Flair's daughter, and she's been champion forever. She's the Patriots, right? Becky... Yeah. She got bloodied up, and that bloodied up picture is going to live on forever. People, people are getting tattoos of that picture of her fucking but bloodied I'm just, up. But I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering if the fans really care enough. Because to me, the WWE audience, like you could put on whatever, and they'll still go and pay and watch it. Well, we'll get into that in a second. Um, no, I think that Becky is the fan favorite. I do think that if you just went around pulling people, I do think that people are more passionate for Becky as their guy. But I'm saying is, what do they prefer to singles match, or are they okay with it being a three-way? That's what I'm trying to question. I think people are scared that Charlotte's going to win. I think that's really what it is. But that's what they, but they're doing that on purpose. They want the fans to believe that. They want the fans to think it's not a slam dunk See, that Becky's going to win it. Fans know that they're being played. Yeah. You know, fans aren't stupid. They know that they're being played, and the worry is, is that the WWE is going to go the full... Like, they're... they're there's no trust. There's no faith. It's like, look, no, but if it's Steve Austin versus um, The Rock at WrestleMania 15, when when Steve when The Rock was a dead set heel and Steve Austin was the dead set baby yeah, face. Yeah, Vince was a Rock's corner. Yeah. When it was WrestleMania 15, Steve Austin had to win that. It, dude, it's Sting versus Hogan. Sting should have yeah. just went in and fucking, you know, just wiped the just floor with him. But yeah, instead, yeah, yeah. they did this whole bullshit. So people are afraid that it's going to be that. That it's going to be Charlotte winning just to get heat and this and that. Yeah, and but the thing is, you I, I don't necessarily blame WWE for doing it, though, because you kind of have to add that element of you're not sure dude, who's going to win. Do you really think that they're going to sell one more pay-per-view because they've added Char Charlotte into it? Or well, they're not going to sell pay-per-views. They're, they're looking to sell... Uh... Well then, network sub, so, subs. Then do you think that they're going to sell one more network sub, or do you think that they'll lose? I mean, a network they might, sub? man. I don't know. Who knows? I'm just saying that if you put Charlotte in there, it adds that element of like, well, maybe they're going to fuck with us. So let's see. Yeah, but, but that's the thing a bad is, element. It, it, but the thing is, no, hold on, I want to say this. In turn, there's a flip side of that because if you keep doing that, the fans are going to pick up on it and they're going to get pissed. But they've and been like, doing it with Brock Lesnar going over Braun, Brock Lesnar going over Roman. I mean, Roman. Dude, how many times did Brock Lesnar beat Roman Reigns? It was stupid. So, dude, so, so, so that's what I mean. It's like you said, if they do it too much, it's all they've been doing for the past, like, five years. Right. Daniel Bryan right. winning was the last time fans left Mania happy. Uh, Probably. Let's see. Well, I, were people happy when Seth won? Oh, at the three-way? Uh, yeah, okay. People were happy because it was a big angle. Okay, Let's I could see, see that. 16 was Roman. Nobody cared. After that was Roman again. Nobody cared. Last year was Brock, right? I mean... Yeah, but nobody cared because people are sick of Brock. And yeah. at that point, people kind of wanted Roman to win at that point. But even then, people aren't Brock. really behind him. They just want to see something yeah. different. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, fuck them. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, what was your second conspiracy? Okay, so here's my second conspiracy theory. Is Dave actively, because Dave keeps on saying, because people are going, oh, the ratings are nosediving, attendance is nosediving, this Fox deal is looking kind of sour. They, they're probably going to wind up on, like, um, FS1. Fox. FS1, yeah. Yeah, 
And so the and Undertaker's leaving, and all of these talent want out, and and Dave keeps on going, guys, calm down. They're the WWE. They're going nowhere. They're the solidified number one. They've got billions of dollars. Blah blah blah. They're going nowhere. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, is Dave helping them? It like is Dave doing PR damage control for the w, the WWE? Now I'm gonna let me finish. So there was a point, um, there's a very famous observer from like 89 or something, where Dave admitted that he found out that two, re- I don't know the exact of these, but Dave admitted that he had some dirt on some of the WWF talent, like some guys were involved in some drug dealings or something, and Dave sat on it. The WWF contacted Dave and said, look Dave, if you put, the, if you put out this info, it's going to hurt families, it's going to hurt this, don't do it. And Dave agree- and Dave spent two or three years on I don't know if he was on the payroll, but Dave sheltered or shielded some negative stories from the WWF for about three years back in the eighties. And there was a point where Dave admitted this, and he admitted this was a journalistic integrity violation and all this type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you mentioned this before. I know you mentioned this story before to me. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's a very famous issue, and you can go in the archives and find it. And um. So is Dave doing well, that now? Thing, on top of that, too, I'm pretty. You know, Dave used to have like a not a regular re- relationship, but he used to talk to Vince. You know, somewhat frequently, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I was watching because you know he's been talking about the Donahue appearance back in 1992 during the um, the uh, Ring Boy sex scandal. In the last couple of radios, he's talked about it, and I went ahead and watched the episode of Donahue, and he's sitting right in the when they have like all these bunch of guys out on stage, like Meltzer sitting right next to Vince. And he said that they had talked, you know, the day before. And then, you know, so there has been some of like a, not a relationship, but there's been, they, 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 they know who each other are and I'm sure they've shared information with each other. I don't know how much of that is. I don't know if he's really doing, you know, damage control for WWE. What is well, he well, got? Well, well, hold on. I want to say one thing. Because Ronald the thing Reagan, is, he's been pushing AEW so hard. Well, here's the thing. So a, so, Ronald Reagan famously, there was a famous case where Ronald Reagan, he went to the Soviet Union in like 86, right? Um, now, before this, Ronald Reagan was lambasting the Soviet Union. The, the, this is communism. Uh, they're starving their people. Tear down this, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, Ron, like the Soviet Union was this big, bad enemy. They, they're going to start a war. They're a war yeah. nation, blah, blah. Then Ronald Reagan went to the Soviet Union, and when he came back, it was all about a humanitarian crisis, and we need peace, and blah, blah. And people speculate that he got there and realized that the Soviet Union was like a collapsing country, yeah. and they, they, didn't have, apart. they didn't have food on the, the shelves and stuff. So what if the WWE went to Dave at some point? And I'm speculating. Obviously, there's no proof of this. But what if WWE went to Dave and like, look, Dave, we're in trouble. We have a lot of problems. This is going to affect the wrestlers and da da da. And you are controlling the fans' fickle attitude in a big way. So, could you please just lay off a little bit? Right. Oh, they could say like, uh, "Don't like, don't dig into us too much." Exactly. They can be like, you know, I I think that's very very because it, and it all started. When they had that reboot, that reboot back in January, that's when I feel like Dave's whole opinion turned of like, well, attendance is down, but attendance is down for baseball too, and you can't think of that. No, I don't know. I don't know about that because I wouldn't say that because today, I think in the radio, the Observer Radio that came out earlier this morning, I think it was today or yesterday, 
they were talking about how, uh, yeah, like, um, you know, things are going down. It's not, you know, so, you know, this and that isn't looking good or I don't get this or like, oh, that re- they, they, you know, what it was, it was the reboot thing. They kept making fun of the reboot. They were like, yeah, they said they were rebooting back in December, but it's all the same stuff and blah, 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 blah. So they, they always take shots at that idea. But, um, I don't know. I think that's a bit of a stretch for him to, to say like, Hey, you know what? Let me lay off the, the WWE bashing because, I think he's been pushing AEW, and you got to think that pushing AEW doesn't coincide with WWE bashing. So unless he's trying to do it just to look more, maybe he's doing it just to to keep up appearances and to look more credible and more objective. Yeah. So well, I don't know. I mean, it's possible. I wouldn't say no, but I wouldn't outright say it's it's absolutely true either. Okay, it, it, yeah. it's just something that I thought of. Um, so, okay, uh, let's do a couple other topics. A bunch of people are leaving. Ty Dillinger wants out. Um, not that he's anything, but I do want to say, so they brought up the NXT guys on Raw. They brought up, uh, Ricochet, uh, Gargano Ciampa. Gargano Ciampa. Alistair Black. Alistair Black, yeah. And every review, I haven't seen one second of this show, but even my friend Jameson, he said, he's like, man, the crowd didn't give a fuck. They sat on their hands. Nobody cared. Like Ricochet's yeah, flying I mean, all over. I, yeah, when I was listening to the the Observer Radio this morning, they made it sound like no, but like the, it was a horrible crowd. I don't know where was Raw. Do you know off the top of your head? Um, it was in Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah. Ugh, God. Yeah, that's probably why it was some fucking no name town. Yeah, I, and and that's the argument, which is, oh, if they would have done... Because apparently in the next couple of weeks, they're going to be like Atlanta and Philadelphia and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, but de- debut debut your your new talent in your biggest markets. What are the markets you associate WWE with the most historically? New Boston, York, New York, York Philadelphia. New York, Philadelphia, Boston, the Northeast, Chicago, maybe. Yeah. But don't debut them in some small Louisiana town. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Obviously, the market doesn't... The market would tell you that... Put it in in big cities that have a, a history with this promotion. So yeah, that was a bad move on their part. But they always do shit like that. to them. The thing is, WWE's mindset is that well, goddamn, every town is a WWE town, so everywhere is a WWE market. So it doesn't matter where you debut a guy. Like I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that though. I think you got different markets for for different kinds of fans and different kinds of wrestlers. And I just think that yeah, debuting guys on a on a small, you know, C town. I don't even know if Lafayette's a B town. That's um, a C town, for Christ's sake. Well, I mean, dude, they've debuted. Uh, well, it's similar to the WCW thing where they debuted him in like Oklahoma or something like that. Yeah, which was it was a- like when they did. No, it's like the the night they did W the the WCW the Buff Bagwell Booker T yeah. match. It was in fucking Seattle or like Seattle was it like Seattle Tacoma. Yeah. yeah, it was in Washington. It's like. Do that shit in Atlanta. Do that shit in, you know, Charlotte. I don't so, know. Okay, so, okay, he, so here's a question for you. Rapid fire. Just give me yes or no rapid fires. Don't go on and on. But do you think that WC, that, 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 that they, that, that, do you think that WWE did that, the Booker T buff match buff Bagwell. in a oh, bad city it. on purpose to sabotage it? Yes or no? No. Okay. Yeah. I don't, okay. I'd like to think no. Okay, no, it just do. makes me think. Does so? There was a video that well, you came think, out. You, you think they did it on purpose? I don't know. I mean, obviously. Ah, come on, you, know. you ask me. Give me an answer. 
Um, I, 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 I do think that they did it to sabotage the WCW debut. I do. I, I, I can't imagine that you have all of these chains of, like, command from Vince down to the writers, down to the producers, down to the road agents, down to all these people, and nobody said, don't do this. This is a terrible idea. Don't, don't do this. Don't do this. Yeah. And Vince goes... Well, goddamn! I'm just gonna do it anyway. It's like if he did, if if there are people saying don't don't do this, which you would imagine any company worth their grain of salt would have said don't do this, and Vince went yeah. ahead and did it. He did it on purpose to sabotage it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. is he doing this with NXT talent? Like how? I think it just doesn't make any sense. Why would so he sabotage this on purpose? Is Vince? This is a real question. How how old is Vince? Seventy six. He's like mid-70s, like 75, 76, yeah. Okay. Is Vince, who is 73, who looks really bad. Like, he, he looks really, really bad, okay? He looks old, yeah. He's notoriously been sleep-deprived for most of his life. He's done steroids yeah. and coke and all this type of stuff. And he's been wrestling. He's taken cha- he's you know, yeah, bumps, yeah. chair shots to the head, and blah, blah. Is Vince senile? I don't think he's senile per se, but he's definitely not – he's not in tune. I'll tell you what. He may not be senile, but he's definitely not in tune with his audience. That is absolute for sure. That's been evident for years now. He does not have a pulse on the audience. He has no idea what the audience wants. He has no connection. He has no feel for the audience whatsoever. He's totally out of touch. It's painfully obvious. And by the way – there's a hunt there in, in the estimate population for Lafayette for three years in 2016, three years ago, 129,000. That's tiny. That's a small little, that's a, that's not a big city whatsoever. Should not be debuting new talent from NXT. I mean, how many people in that audience even watch NXT? See, that's you the have to thing, think like there's like, barely. they've done studies and supposedly the people who watch, like there is very little crossover of the people who watch NXT and the people who watch the mainstream stream product. There's very little crossover. When Which they, is also just strange. You would think that if you were a WWE consumer, you'll watch like anything, right? Well, but people have so the, much time, and I think that they don't speak to the same people. I mean, they're totally different shows. Oh, yeah, for sure. One yeah, is yeah. full of like this hokey comedy, and the other is like a pretty serious show. So they, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure NXT skews older. I'm sure NXT skews more like hardcore, you know, but. Um, I just don't even know. You know, we talk about the wrestling bubble, and that's the name of the show. It's like, I don't know what kind of what the WWE fan base is even like. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't know what the WWE fan base wants. Like what they expect, what they like, what they want. They want everyone to be champion. That's what they want. Yeah, it's because it seems like, well, that's just fans in general. It's not just WWE. That's every fucking wrestling fan on on the computer. Mostly mostly Western fans, American, British, Canadian. Because I don't think the Japanese or Mexicans do that. So, but... I just don't even really know what they want because it seems like a lot of these WWE shows, the, the crowds just are always just lame and the crowds don't do anything and... I don't know. It's just it's it's baffling the whole promotion and and the fan base. By the way, real quick, if you Google NJPW crying, I see Okada crying, Okada crying, Nakamura crying, Okada crying, Kushida crying, Omega crying. I see Brock Lesnar screaming. I see Vince doing something. Omega holding a belt. I see no women in the crowd crying. If these photos, really? come on, dude. It's it's it. It's a myth. It's an absolute you're, myth. You're really big on this. Hey, I just read uh, Chris Hemsworth to play Hulk Hogan. I saw that, yeah. Really? That's pretty cool. I might watch that. Yeah, sure. I like Hulk Hogan. I'm a bigger Hogan fan than most people. 
I'm not like a huge Hogan fan. Like it's not really he's not really my thing. But I mean, the guy's such a star that that um, it, you know, it'd be hard not to watch it. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, it's okay, so let's go back to it. So, yeah, there was some study internally. This came out, like, a year ago. And uh, the people who have the network who watch the NXT t- uh, takeovers, like, 75% per- of them don't watch the WWE pay-per-views. And then vice right. versa, 90% of the people who watch the pay-per-views, they don't watch the fucking takeovers. So, there and they... There's a real problem with bringing people from NXT to the main roster because... You have to acknowledge the previous storylines, but nobody saw them. And how do you how do you bring? Well, not these really, because up? they talked about that. They talked about that today in, in the in the Observer Radio, where it was like, well, Ciampa and Gargano were this was a hot feud in NXT, and now they're they're on the main roster and they're just being a tag team. Like nothing ever happened. So no, they basically just retconned everything, and I think they, I'm pretty sure they've done that before, where they just retcon storylines, ignore storylines, drop angles. And they don't even bother to explain anything, and they just show up on the main roster, like, totally rebooted. Well, they kind of continued the Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens storyline a little bit, but... Yeah, but that was, what, three, four years ago? Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Yeah, that was, that's been a few years ago already. That wasn't any time recently. You know, Ciampa Gargano was, like, the biggest thing going in NXT, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. it's, it's been the story for the past year, literally. Yeah. And now they're just on the on Raw as a tag team, you know, just baby faces, and I, I don't know. It's just it's well, just bizarre. Well, in NXT, the, they're the thing is, they're this un, unwitting team where they used to be partners, then they became enemies. Now they're both like tweener heels, and they're unwittingly tagging, knowing that eventually they're going to turn on the other person. But now they're on but Raw, that's and dumb, they're just smi- like, if you know they're going to turn, why even, if, if it's like, oh, well, you know we're going to turn on each other, then why the fuck did you even get together as a tag team? There's no logic in that. Well, because so to, to take it, no, it's a, it's a good angle. Don't don't shit on it too hard. It's a pretty good angle. I don't know. It sounds dumb to me. Yeah, well, you sound dumb. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, you're the one defending WWE angles right now, not me. So who's the idiot? Oh, you got me. Damn. Yeah. I'm, but okay. The thing is, like, I was going to say the thing is too is that the 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 main roster audience they've been conditioned also that guys who come from NXT like they don't really ever become anything they don't really matter. So the closest was Finn Balor and I w- I would say Kevin Owens as well but those are like that's it. Everybody else is just a fucking jobber. Yeah, like Nakamura, Bobby Roode, uh Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, I guess Joe had somewhat of a push, but he's never been champion or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but, yeah, I mean, San, you know, Samoa Joe is one of those. Man, all right, I'm done talking. I mean, I'm done talking about the part. WWE because here's the bottom line: it fucking sucks and makes no sense. So why even bother talking about it? You and me have said that quite a few times. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah like. We used to sit down and like start fancy booking. Well, then Daniel Bryan can do this, and then yeah, we yeah, just yeah. we look at each other and we're like, "Well, one of your topics was could WWE go out of business?" Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, you were saying that thing. You know, we were we make it sound like things are going really bad for them, and they're not great. But I just don't see them going out of business either. Okay. I think that's a bit of a stretch. So that's all. Now I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're gonna die anytime soon. I think well, it's here's just the that. thing. So their stock price got as high as like $98, right, when they signed that fucking television deal. Now, you know as well as I do that, well, let's say Fox, okay, 
Attendance is way, way, way down. Yes. There's all kinds of photos of them doing house shows yeah. in front of like 1,500 people. Attendance and ratings have been steadily declining. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, talent wants to leave. Like, yep. you have a lot of talent trying to leave. Um, and you have a lot of talent that are going to leave, probably. And for instance, Ty, Ty Dillinger is a guy that I don't think the AEW is going to pick him up, but I do think he's going to go to. PWG and maybe Ring of Honor. Like you have so many tiers of indies now where people yeah. can go and make money. Yeah, you can go to MLW, you can go to ROH, you can go to PWG, you can go to uh, AAW. I mean, you can go to Japan, you can go to Mexico, whatever. I mean, like there's you can go to the UK now even. You know, there's there's different avenues for guys. It's not like they just have to do WWE or just indies. I think there's all kinds of like you said tiers of indies and there's different countries you can wrestle in and and I think there needs to be more of that in wrestling because I think for a long time that was kind of dis- you know that it didn't exist as much anymore where guys would you know do different tours in different countries and kind of you know do the whole circuit. And I think that's I think we're getting into that era where guys are you know going around a bit more. So I just don't see them going out of business per se. But uh, well, so okay, is, let, me be, be let me finish. It will be interesting to see. Let me finish. Okay. If that stock price tanks, let's say that the hammer hits, Fox says, look, you're going to FFS1, the raw rating gets sub 2 million, uh, let's say that Seth Rollins says, you know what, I'm leaving, let's say that Brock Lesnar goes to the UFC and does a match in AEW against Jericho, what if AEW's ratings go above raw? And let's say that that, that stock price tumbles because right now the stock price is around. Let's get the stock price. WWE stock price. I think it's like sixty bucks. Because uh, wow, it's still pretty high. Eighty six dollars. I can't believe it's that high. I really can't believe it. But let's just it's assume all in t- anticipation for the Fox deal. I guess. Yeah, I guess, man. Yeah. If it gets low, well, I guess if the stock price is that high, then this is there's no point in even talking about this. But we are talking about like five years from now. Yeah. How much of a crunch could the company really go through? We'll have to see. I mean, a lot of it is going to hinge on how this move to Fox goes. Now, this move to Fox is just for SmackDown, right? It's Raw is going to be on USA still. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, man. I mean, you got to think SmackDown has always been the B show, no matter what anybody says. It's going to be hard, I think, to convince fans that, Oh, SmackDown is now on an equal playing field with Raw because it's it's on it's on network TV. It's on Fox. I don't know. I mean, it's it's you have. Uh, look, I remember the. This is going to be the 20th anniversary of SmackDown. The the first episode of SmackDown was actually very influential as me as a wrestling fan. I was almost 20 years ago, and that's for 20 years you've been telling the fans this is the B show. I, I don't know. It's going to be hard to just reverse all that. Absolutely. So. Okay, let's go on to... Uh, you want to talk about The Undertaker or you want to talk about Impact? Uh, let's get all the WWE stuff out of the way. So yeah, Undertaker, he's he's going to be at StarCast, which I believe, I'm sure has ruffled some feathers with WWE brass, So, but he's free to do it. I don't think there's, there's nothing that says he can't do it. I think he's getting paid a lot per appearance. I mean, Meltzer says sixty thousand for every appearance. It's a lot. Which, of money real quick, someone I know who manages these signings, he openly said, "He goes, look, they're still going to make a lot of money." He like they were like people like people buy. Steve Austin did some. Um, I think it was in the UK, but Steve Austin did 
did one of these and they sold $500 packages to get a photo and a signing and they sold out. So it's like there yeah. are fucking, you know, uh, weirdos who will pay people these are going to pay. People are going to pay top dollar for an Undertaker autograph and a photo for sure. But I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't really know what else is there to really say about Undertaker. I don't, I don't think it's going to really lead to anything. I don't think he's going to show up at AEW and, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll, like, endorse it. It's not like I don't expect him to do a match, nor do I want to see him wrestle. I really don't want to see him in the ring anymore. I don't but think if he, he wants to, to be in the ring anymore. Yeah. But if he wants to, like, endorse guys, cool. By all means, please do. Did I think you that could see... go a long way. Well, okay, let me say two things. The first one, and you'll want to comment. The first one is all of you whiny, diaper-wearing motherfuckers on Twitter crying, saying... Oh, I don't want the dead man being a real person. The dead man shouldn't be signing auto. He's a human being, you fucking jackoffs. He goes to he he drives a car to Quiznos. Like I've right. never once in my life. I don't get that thing where people are like, "Man, the uh, the Undertaker is the one gimmick that never breaks kayfabe." It's like, bro, he he rode a motorcycle right, for ten laundry. years. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to pick up his laundry and, you know, take his take his kids to school just like everybody else does. Yeah, like, I've never once in my life, even when I was, like, 12, gone, boy, he really murders people and buries them in his backyard or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's really making human sacrifices. Yeah. No, come on. That's ridiculous. So, um, if you're one of those, if you're one of those people, get fucked and get a life. Um, so, um, the other thing I want to say about The Undertaker is, um, shit, it flew out of my head. Ah, fuck it, I can't remember. Oh, there's a video online that I don't know if you saw it or not. I don't know where it came from or anything. It's it 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 appears to be pretty recent. It's it it's it's like a minute long. He's talking to two younger indie wrestlers, and he's he's just Mark. He's Mark, you know, and he's sitting in yeah. a, in a diner, like like, bro. He's he eats food, you weirdos. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so he's sitting in a diner and he's going. And he's just going, you know, wrestling nowadays, it just doesn't draw what it used to. And he goes, the thing is, like, you do one flip, then you got to do two flips, then you got to do two backward flips, and where does it, it end? And it's all about character and story and creating, mo you know, moments or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I'm watching this, and I'm just like... And then Jericho was on uh, the Meltzer podcast, you know, the Wrestling Observer Radio podcast. Yeah, yeah, I listened to that one recently. It was a good episode, actually, yeah. yeah. And 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 Dave is one of the guys going. Oh my God! They did nine. They did nineteen flips, and the crowd was chanting five stars. The crowd of three hundred people was going insane. And and Meltzer's a big mark for the for, for for this flippy dippy spot spot fest bullshit. And Jericho goes. He goes. Look, these flips don't sell. It's about characters and story. You know. Yeah. And and Dave, people of course, want to see yeah, angle. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And we brought that up with AEW, and that how is AEW going to present angles when it's going to be more sport heavy? But at the end of the day, I think if you want to draw fans in, you do need to have angles. So if you want to make new fans, I don't think the sport aspect is enough. So, but well, that's all. I do I mean, think we talked that, about that like, before, yeah. So I don't know. It was just interesting to me that you have all of these people, like you have Dave Meltzer and all of the weirdos, and you know who I mean by by weirdos, the tugboats. You yeah. have all of these people going, no, the future of the business is fucking acrobatic, whatever the fuck. And meanwhile, yes. you have like Jericho and Taker openly saying, no, that's not the future. That's the death of the business. Yeah. Yeah. 
So no, I agree. I agree. So I mean, uh, yeah, if he comes out and endorses guys, it's cool. But um, other than that, I don't really know a whole. I mean, really, what to make uh, add to the whole Undertaker star cast. I mean, I'm not going, so I don't care. But uh, good, you know, good for him for making. But money. you will be in the area, though, right? Oh no, no, this is for the Double or Nothing show. Yeah, so I'm not going to be. At oh that. no, that's not till May. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I'm not going to be there for that. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see. Um, okay, so that's the Undertaker and that. Um, couple things I want to say about Impact. So Jericho said, and tell me if you even believe this. Jericho claimed. That he was offered a mid seven figure, so let's assume four million dollars, okay, to yeah. wrestle four matches for Impact over 2019, and he turned it down. Now, first of all, do you even buy this? And second, even if it is true, would you believe that? Like, how could anybody turn that down? I mean, that's literal. I believe. Well, money. the thing is, I believe that Impact may probably made an offer to Jericho, but. Jer, I would imagine Jericho for him. Look, Impact is a fading brand. It is a dying brand. Nobody cares about it. Nobody watches it. He knows that. Just because they throw a bunch of money at you, I, I it, it would be stupid to go to Impact because they have no buzz. That that promotion has no buzz, no fire, nothing. So why would you join a sink? Why would you jump on a, a sinking ship? So even if they did offer him a lot of money, who cares? I mean, I'm sure AEW the offer is going to be way better. And AEW is a promotion that actually has some buzz about it, has something going on. I mean, Impact's got nothing. Why would you ever want to sign with Impact? Um, I think that it really goes to show about Impact because, like, on uh, Reddit, for instance, or any message board or any Twitter, I always see people angry that people aren't watching Impact. It's And I always equate it to when you buy a, an Xbox and your cousin buys a PlayStation, and they're like, well, why didn't you buy a PlayStation? You know, like, there's always that fucking jerk-off about it. But... yeah. Um, well, look, I'm sure Impact has good wrestlers. Well, they hold have on, matches, hold on, but... hold on, hold on. Let me finish. So the big thing was apparently they had a match with LAX against Pentagon and Phoenix. And everyone's like, oh, my God, 23 stars. You got to see this. Yeah, it, was the, it, was, it was the best match ever. And I'm like, bro, I just watched Pentagon and Phoenix versus Teddy Hart and Davey Boy Smith, and it was awesome. I can watch them on MLW. I can watch them in PWG. I can watch them on Lucha Underground. CMLL. CMLL. You know, once in a while on fucking AAA. AAA. I yeah. can watch them in IWRG. You know, I Fresh. mean, there's a million places to watch these guys. Why yeah. would I watch them in Impact? And it goes to show that what I've been saying for like years now, good matches don't matter. People, the actual public, outside of these 20,000 dorks on Twitter... The actual public doesn't care about good matches. They care about impact, you know, impact as in, like, um, making an impact, not the company. They, they care about personal issues and conflicts. Yeah. Stories, characters. Yeah. Yeah. Conflict and character. Conflict and character, yeah. Yeah. And, so. uh, and the fact that people can tell me, oh, Impact's having the best match ever. I would say, look, bro, I, I guarantee that there's some indie in Idaho where two guys tore the house down. That A, that A kid versus Zack Sabre Jr. match. If Dave Meltzer... Oh, that was in Spain, right? Yep. And if Dave Meltzer would have never seen it and, and jerked off about it, it would have went unknown. Yeah. But because... Right, it's in Spain. It's, it's in a territory that doesn't really have wrestling. So it just goes into the state of Impact. I'm with you. I mean, Impact, supposedly on Pursuit, they're having 13,000 viewers. On Twitch, they have less than six. And on Twitch, they're doing like 
the wrestlers are live streaming from their apartments, and you don't want to see these wrestlers' apartments. Like, I want to see Ric Flair walking through a mansion with, like, naked maids. I don't want to see your, like, bookshelf of action figures, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure it's not that impressive. You know, Joey Ryan's, like, you know, kitchen. I don't want to see it. Yeah, with fucking uh, a penis uh, rolling pin. Um, did you see that clip of Joey Ryan taking the chainsaw to his dick? No, I didn't. All right, I want to just paint it for you. I'll be honest, it's really funny. It's probably the funniest thing I've seen Joey Ryan do in a long time. Is it on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So this guy, it was at some indie. There was like 100 people there. The guy goes outside, he gets a chainsaw, and it immediately cuts to him low-blowing Joey Ryan with the chainsaw, and there's sparks flying out of the chainsaw. I mean, it's a really good visual, and I thought it was really funny. Nobody cared. The crowd was dead silent. Nobody's laughing, cheering, clapping, booing. There's like, okay, I'm watching it right now. There is like very few people in here. All right, watch it real quick and tell me what you think. Did they put the sparks in after? Because they look like they've been added. I don't know. Yeah, these sparks look like they've been added in, in like a, like some kind of video editing. I don't think the sparks were there right then and there. Okay. Well, either way, you the go, crowd was totally fucking dead for this. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's nothing special. Like, even I, like, I didn't even laugh. I thought it was dumb. So, so yeah. Look, Impact, to me, I, I don't really, they have no traction whatsoever. I don't know why anybody would want to sign there. The thing is, there's there's a there's probably a small contingent of fan impact fans that they've been there for years, and it's a sunk cost fallacy. You just you, you keep going, going because you've invested so many time, even though it's a losing endeavor. Absolutely, and you know there is people with brand loyalty, and I've got brand yeah. loyalty. We've all got brand brand loyalty. I mean, you're uh, a fucking Astros uh, fan. Yeah, but that's baseball. I mean, yeah, but it's... what's the difference? What makes you or the Astros? Why are they your favorite team? They haven't won the most titles. They don't have the well, best. Well, they're players. my favorite team because they they come from the city I live that I grew up in. It's a little different. Okay, there is like city loyalty, I suppose. But I mean, yeah. there is brand loyalty. You know, I mean, you yeah, have CMLL there's, there's brand, brand loyalty. I mean, look, I'm I'm not so big on brand loyalty in wrestling because I know brands can go bad and brands can get better. But I mean, I have my favorites, but my favorites, I'm aware that my favorites can change. But for a lot of wrestling fans, it's not like that. I think a lot of wrestling fans, they just find, you know, there are one or two promotions and they really just stick with it and they don't really want to spend the time to go look at other stuff. I mean, you know me, between between you and I, we watch pretty much everything. So, or mostly everything. But, and we have our favorite brands, but it's I'm always aware, I'm flexible to what my favorite brand is. Let me put it that way. Yeah, sure. Um, So, yeah, I get it. Um, Okay, so I've got two more topics, and then we'll kind of get out of here. Is there anything else? Is is, is there any topics that you want to go into? No, not really. Okay, you're you're easy to to talk to. Yeah. Okay, so um, Kofi Kingston is going to get a world title shot, and everyone's jacking off about it. Yeah, he's going to wrestle Brian at the next pay-per-view, right? Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. You've always had yeah. Bro- Brock Lesnar versus Bob Holly. You've always hey, had those I'm matches. Sure, I'm sure they'll have a good match. I'm sure they'll have a very good match. Exactly. Yes. Um, but they will um, have a. You know. You know. Okay. Here, can I say something petty that I really that annoys me now? As petty as possible. 
It is the the odds makers for star ratings. Oh God, this is horrible. <laughs> I agree. I I'm speechless over the whole thing. People are betting on what the star rating is going to be for a match. Like, is this what wrestling has become now? Like. Oh, what? Who's going to put on the best match? What happened to, man, I want to see this guy beat up this guy. Does that just not exist anymore? I want this guy to beat this guy. I want to see this guy lose. I want to see this feud. I want to see this angle. I want to see this promo. Now it's all about, I want to see if this match is going to be five stars. I want to see if my brand loyalty guy is going to get the best star rating. Yes, I'm going to see if the guy that uh, that I really love is going to get have the best match. It doesn't matter if he's champion because as long as he has the best match on the best show, that's what matters. It's like I don't know. I mean, I I don't just. It makes me think of this. Hold on, hold on. You know what? I, I will say that you know what has probably contributed to this attitude as well, though. I think for maybe it's possible that for a long time, hardcore fans, they never got to see their favorites win. So because they never got to see their favorites win, they decided, well, you know what? Our favorite's never going to win. But if our favorite has really good matches, like the best matches, like that's ben, what we're like, like, like Benoit and stuff. Yeah, I could see Yeah, that. like a Benoit or Jericho. Even Jericho for a long time you could put in that category. Yeah. That so, I, I can see that. I, I do think that has affected wrestling, the wrestling fans' mentality in some ways. That for so long they never got to see the guys they really wanted to win win, and because of that, they just started focusing on match quality. Yeah, to me, so. it it makes me think about the, the you know the court show that's got the guy from TMZ on it, right? The court show. So there's a court show, one of those television court shows, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they'll cut to Harvey V. Levin outside talking to people on the street, right? And I always thought it was so stupid because he's asking people's opinions on facts. Like, he's like, so what do you think? He went into he went into the house on this day. Do you think he's guilty of fucking trespassing? Murder. And people <laughs> are like, well, I don't know. If he did that, then maybe, and blah, blah. And it's like asking, so what do you think? 22 plus 97. Well, it's got to be over 70. I mean, it's like... <laughs> You're asking for opinions on facts, you know? Right, 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 yeah, yeah. So it's – the whole thing is bizarre. I don't really understand, you know, we're, you know placing bets on how many stars a match is going to get. But anyway, I mean that's – Why don't you place so bets on like how much does this guy weigh? Yeah, why don't we just start placing bets on uh, how long the match is going to go or um, – I don't know, like uh, how many times are we, how many finishing moves are we going to see in the match? Let's bet on that. How many flips will we see? How many flips will we see? Yeah. Uh, how, how, how many? How many? How many high spots? How many? This is awesome. Chance are we going to hear? Yeah. How many near falls? How many kickouts at two are we going to see? And to me, as a betting, like I mean, I don't gamble or nothing, but like if I did, I would be like, this is easily riggable. You know, if 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 I was a road agent for the WWE and I saw that I could make money by making Ziggler have a two star match, I'd be like, "Hey, you guys got th- got three minutes, and you're gonna do a low blow spot for a roll up finish, and that's gonna be a two star match." Yeah, it'd be yeah. it'd be so easy to to fucking rig that. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not that easy because you know Vince has to approve all these finishes, but yeah, but Vin, you just tell Vince. I mean. I don't know. It doesn't seem that hard. Yeah, I don't know, but don't it's know. interesting idea. So, okay. but anyway, um, 
Yeah, so Kofi's getting his title shot. I'm sure a lot of fans are, you know, creaming themselves over it. I'm sure there'll oh. be a lot of. I'm sure there'll be a big contingent that want to see him win. They're petitioning <laughs> for him to win. Like they're signing. Uh-huh. Uh, they're 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 creating signable petitions to send to the WWE to say we want him to win. Yeah, it's just. Kayfabe is beyond dead. It's beyond dead. It, it, it It's a rotting skeleton that now we're picking the bones for jewels. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what, though? The thing is, if, let's say, uh, you know, these fans need to realize something. Let's say, for let's just say for, for kicks, they say, okay, you know what? We'll give Kofi the win. But, but Brian will win it back the next week or two weeks later. What good did that do for Kofi, then? What, what 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 does he gain in the long run if, if he wins it and then loses it back a week later? Or do you mean to tell me that Kofi's going to be the champion and he's going to be in a, in a featured match in WrestleMania, even though Kofi's been a perennial mid-card tag guy for a decade? Like, and he's been doing the pancake comedy for three years. Yeah, I, I don't understand. About. Like, do people not understand there is a hierarchy in this sport, in this show? You don't just go – it's like real sports. It's like let's say – Okay, who is a really bad team this year? Well, the thing is, in real sports, you can't turn it. That, that's not necessarily. That's a bad example because in real sports, you can't turn it around. You can't be bad one year and then when the next year win the championship. It has happened before. Yeah, but you can't really do that in wrestling because wrestling is a one-on-one. Comp- well, not one-on-one, but is a. You know, it's a it's a. Fi- I'm using my my air quotations. It's a fight, right? So, you can't believably have a guy who's losing all the time. MMA, MMA. You can't have a guy who's going in with the record of one and four challenging for a title. Exactly. You, you gotta you gotta build guys to championships. Like, but I mean, once again, I mean, I don't think the fans really see it. Like, I'll, there's a lot of fans that just say, "Well, anybody can be champion." Yeah. If every but the problem is, if everybody's champion, then that championship doesn't mean anything. And they don't. I was getting into a fight with this guy, and he was like. Um, just saying that Kofi could be champion, and I'm like, yeah, if you don't give a fuck about the titles and blah blah. And he goes, well, yeah. and he goes, well, well, uh, Jack Swagger was. I'm like, yeah, and it's a joke. And nobody remembers. Point at it as like the worst title reign of all time. Yeah, Jack Swagger was world champion, but nobody remembered and nobody cared. Yeah, and that was the one time he got it. So there you go. So it brings me to my topic, and this is, might be the final one. I got one more, but I don't think we'll get to it. Which is um. Who I want to like, see the Sting one, but go ahead. Well, okay, maybe we'll talk about that one. Um, who is like a mid carter from like the Boom area or the Boom era that you think could have had a good uh, title challenge, if not a title run? And I'll give my my choice first to set the the you know to tell you what I mean by it. Um, for instance, um, I think that Val Venus. I think that at one point Val Venus was really over. I think he was you know he was big, had a good move set. He was. IC champion, and I think that there was a point where I don't think he could have won, but I think he, he could have challenged like Triple H or The Rock and had a pay per view match, and they and Val Venus could have had that little bit of a rub. Like he's like my pick of a guy who I think could have been that guy. Well, I'll tell you what, I always thought Val Venus sucked, but I remember. Do you remember? I think it was April, April two thousand. Do you remember the night that that Jericho he pinched Triple H with the fast count and the fans exploded? Absolutely. That is one where I feel like they should have just stuck with Jericho. They could have just stuck with Jericho for a little bit longer, because man, or you know, okay, here's an even better example. So that was Jericho 2000. The following year, 
Uh, do you remember? You remember who was who was the most over guy from the invasion who came over from ECW and WCW? Bob Van Dam, man. Exactly. And I'm sure you remember, dude, when Van Dam came to WWF. Holy fuck! That guy was massively over. There was a famous SmackDown. Hold on. There was a famous SmackDown in Canada somewhere where uh, for the opening dark matches and the first taping because they taped some some B show prior. The crowd chanted RVD for like 80 minutes nonstop straight. And it's a very yeah. famous SmackDown taping. Yeah. I'm guessing it was 2001 when he came to, when he went to the WWF. Yeah. But, it was during that whole period. Yeah. But I remember Van Dam was mega over. Austin was doing his, you know, his heel comedy stuff, which I know some people like, I always thought it was, I thought it was dumb when it was a kid. I think it's dumb now. That's a whole other story. They're doing the fucking invasion angle, which was a flop. I just felt like, man, you could have just made RVD the champion, and I guarantee – I can't say I guarantee, but I, I would think that things could have gone a lot better if they'd just been like, you know, give us that kind of – you know, shake things up a little, you know. And a guy like Jericho in 2000 or RVD in 2001, great example in my opinion. What about Raven in WCW? Yeah, I mean I don't know because – I don't really look at Raven. I, it's hard for me to buy Raven at, at that same level as like, you know, Hogan and Goldberg and Sting and Flair. Well, it just could. Do you think? Yeah. Maybe I challenge. Mean, yeah. As a challenge. I mean, why not? That's why, what dude, I mean, like, why not? You know? I don't see what, like, let's say Sting's champion. Why can't Raven challenge Sting as champion? That's Maybe a great even as, as a main event for Nitro, you know? Yeah. Raven versus Sting to me is a good matchup. Yeah. So I don't, realistically, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, yeah, that was just something that I kind of thought of, of, like, well, if Kofi can do it, why can't this guy or that guy do yeah. it, you know? And then you have, like, guys like The Miz. People forget The Miz was world champion and beat John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania. He did, he did, yeah, yeah. That's madness. Miz, Miz, Miz is another guy that, like, fans defend, and I always thought he sucked. Like, I, I never thought garbage. Yeah, I never thought The Miz was good, never. Like, I always thought he sucked. I don't think he's a good wrestler. I think he's annoying. And not in like an oh yeah he's just being a good heel way like no I don't even think he's a good heel promo, like you just I just don't buy the guy, but yeah. he's a guy that because of loyalty because he's always been there fans think that he should be a world champion. People just get lulled into comfort. It's like heroin or something. Yeah, it's just like anything else. People don't like. People just are always looking for the most comfortable position, right? Yeah. So. Um, Okay. Is there a guy? Is there a mid like real quick? Is there a mid mid card guy in any promotion right now that you that you think could be at least a challenger? Um, uh, I mean in the WWF they're all challengers. It doesn't matter, so I can't really say them because it just doesn't fucking matter. Um, obviously Ishii Ishii comes to mind immediately, but I think I think Ishii's totally dead. I think he's Kane. He he his career's over with. He's on the downhill. I think, he, and, and and that's one of the reasons why New Japan has lost a lot of my my interest because Ishii was my favorite for a long, long time. But I would yeah. put Ishii up there. I think Ishii has a lot of credibility. Um, or Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki, yeah, he's a guy who I just kind of know is never going to win. Like he doesn't wrestle the the right style. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Let me think. But again. I wanna, I wanna, you know, reiterate that if everybody's champion, then that belt doesn't mean anything. That IWGP title right now, to me, that is 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 the number one world championship in wrestling because 
Not that many guys have held it. In the last couple of years, it's really just been Okada, Tanahashi. Omega got his little run. Naito had a tiny little run. But it's really just been Okada and, and, and Tanahashi. Well, I mean, Jay White's champion now. That kind of exactly throws that out a bit. But I don't. But look, we talked about that last time. I don't think Jay White's going to be champion for long, so don't worry. I hope he keeps it for seven years and people never like him. <laughs> That's my hope. Um, yeah. I'm trying you to just want to see New Japan die. I just want people to kind of look at it and realize, oh, it's a wrestling company. It yeah. has ups and then it and then it has downs. And right. I, I I just get so annoyed at the fawning of it. Right, 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 right. Because right. dude, I see people I hate whenever I see people going, Well, that main event wasn't my style, but man, it was so good. No, you dude, you cannot have these two opposing styles. Can you just right. stand up and say that sucked? Like I'm very yeah. open. I didn't like Hideki Suzuki as the Big Japan Strong Champion. I just didn't like it. I didn't like any of his title matches. I like him. I've seen him in good matches, but I didn't like him as champion, and I'm very open about that. I don't care. Right, 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 I'm not right. going to sit here and, like, will myself into liking something. To, to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. going to just lie. You're not going to lie about what you like. It, exactly. And I feel like the New Japan fans are very much about that because they don't, because it's it just follow the Pied Piper, man. Well, and again, sunk cost fallacy. I don't think it's that. Actually, I don't think it's that bad as a sunk cost fallacy. But it's definitely a well, we've hitched our ride with this, you know, with this horse, so we got to stick with it kind of thing. And I don't know. I, I never really understood that that promotion loyalty in wrestling. To me, there's all kinds of wrestling out there to be enjoyed, and it's not like you have to be committed to one promotion and always and bash everything else. I really, really never understood that. So, um, yeah, whatever, um. Okay, going on. Um, okay, last topic, Hall of Fame, just because I know this is something that you really like and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a nerd for the Hall of Fame, I'll admit it. So are you also into baseball Hall of Fames and, like, football Love Hall of Fames? Baseball. baseball, yeah, like, Baseball Hall of Fame I like a lot. Um, or, I like, I've looked into, like, football, basketball, not as much, but I'm aware of them. Okay, so um, to you, so so here's the thing. I think the Hall of Fames are stupid as fuck. I think they're... Um, they, most of them have very little integrity. They're just a bunch of, it's just an excuse to drink most of the time for once a year for the legends to get together and drink. Usually I think it's just really a jerk off, but, um, Oh, you're talking about real sports. All, all hall of fames. I'm talking about like the Oscar hall of fames. I'm talking about all of it because it's, it's just, what is the criteria? And it's just very loose to decide who goes in and who goes out. And then, you have guys well, like Barry Bonds and process. Benoit. Yeah, but as we all know, democracy is not perfect. And you have like... No, it's not. It's so, not. so one of the big things about the Hall of Fame... Um, I mean, this is like a big, big topic. And I don't want to make it too big. But one of the things that you and me talk about is Sting. Now, I I watch W... I'm a little bit older, older than you. And I've got those two years under my belt of seeing Sting yeah. in WCWS. You saw, you saw the WC, you saw the WCW boom period. When I got into wrestling, WWF was already head and shoulders above. Yeah. When, when you started watching, you already had like the, the, uh, Sid as world champion and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like when I, yeah, when I was into it, like WCW was already like falling apart. So, um, I don't think Sting is a hall of famer whatsoever. And I was a big Sting fan growing up. And it is... Starkey 97 derailed him, though. Dude, and I was... Oh, my God. We made it into an all-day party. 
we were running, we were playing WCW versus NWO on N64 and running Hogan versus Sting uh, demo matches and stuff. Like, dude, I was into that, man. And right. Well, so you were, so you saw Stark ninety seven live. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. We had a party of like twenty people. Okay. Because back then, thirty bucks was a lot of money for a pay per view, so we all pitched yeah. in. Okay, well, I mean, and... dude, I mean, because I'm, I'm always very Stark ninety seven is always you know very much talked about and very yeah. much analyzed. Like, what was your reaction after the during the match, during and after the match? I bought into the storyline because I willed myself. Like I remember when it because ha- we all were like, "Oh, Sting's gonna win." Because to us, it was real, man. Like we yeah. we had PWI and stuff, and so we were willing ourselves into it of like. You know, because obviously Hogan dominated and then got a fat, you know, the the phantom fast count and blah, blah, blah. And then Bret Hart came out and he did the whole storyline of you kind of, of you fucking counting fast. And I remember I stood up like, yeah, he counted fast. That's not fair. You know, and I was all into the storyline of it because I just didn't Right, want... so you made yourself believe that it really was a fast count. Yeah, absolutely, man. I was all into it. And then, you know, all the things of WCW happened... And it just fell apart, and Sting lost the title four months later to Savage, and he never got it back. And then he became this like, this like mid card tag. Guy. Well, this upper mid card tag guy, and he joined the Wolf yeah. Pack, and it was cool. But he became a Tomato Sting. Yeah, which I was into when he joined the Wolf Pack. You better believe I was jumping around my 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 grandma's house like going insane, man. I thought it was the coolest angle of all time. And right. but now that I look back on it. I'm like, okay, under the the criteria of Hall of Fame, is Sting a Hall of Famer? Yes or no, Adam? I believe Sting is a Hall of Famer, yeah. Why? Okay, well, he main evented. He, I mean, he was, a, he was a stalwart with WCW for a long time. He was a perennial main eventer with WCW for a long time. So was, so, so was, uh, so was Diamond Dallas Page, and so was Disco Inferno. Well, Disco Inferno wasn't main eventing though. DDP, yeah, but Sting, but Sting was Sting was a main eventer with WSW much longer for many more years than than DDP. Okay. And he did it. I mean, I know you're gonna laugh, but he did do it in TNA as well. I mean, I'm not saying that's a big accomplishment, but he did do it. And look, when he went to WWE, he did. It, there was interest when he went to WWE. Granted, it was only for a couple matches, but there was interest. From the fans, the fans he, wanted to see like, it. Like so. apparently, his match against Rollins really popped the network. That like they added like two hundred thousand subs that that month. Yeah, and I mean that shouldn't be that really shouldn't be you know sneezed at. I think I think Sting was a player in wrestling for sure, and and he was a star. He was he was an icon. You know, um, he's the thing is all wrestling fans they know the face paint they know the scorpion they know the baseball bat people know the fucking bushwhackers and they know the honky-tonk man those guys did a main event though and they weren't world champion so by being world champion so okay but then you bring up okay what about jack swagger jack swagger was around for forever he did. No, is Miz is on, Miz Jack a Swagger, main eventer? Jack, but Jack Swagger or, wasn't sorry, the star that sting. He didn't have the star. Is Miz a Hall of Famer? Who? Miz. No, of course not. Why not? He's hold on, hold on, hold on. I bet if we look at the actual dates, I bet Miz has been involved in the WWF longer than Sting was in WCW. I bet that Miz Miz main evented WrestleMania. Miz has been involved in the upper mid card, if not the main event title scene, on and off for a long for over a decade. 
He's been uh, he's he's a he's been in movies. He's a mainstream star. People do know him from the real world. He does a lot of television yeah. stuff. Why not Miz? Because Sting was in a period where wrestling was hotter. Okay, so, that, so that. that opens up a, a whole new thing of like now the criteria is outside of the wrestler's control. Sometimes it is, of course. This is wrestling, yeah, of course it is. Sometimes a lot of it is, you know, a lot of times a part of it is also how well you're booked and how well you're promoted. And that's not all on the wrestler. That's partly on the promotion as well. Okay. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at some of the guys in the Hall of Fame. Had they not been pushed, would they still been would they not been pushed to the top like at the top like their pro like the promotions put them? Would they still been in the Hall of Fame? Look, you can go and, up and down like and, the Observer and, Hall of Fame. And this Hold is why I don't care about the about any Hall of Fame. Well, I don't know. I like the I think the Hall of Fames are good because it you kind of you you you. You highlight guys and you you make them stand out, and it does give it credibility. And and I I don't know. I mean I've I've always liked the idea of Hall of Fames. I think Hall of Fames to me are more of a celebration. It's not like you have to you know take it as gospel, but it was a way to celebrate the stars, the legends. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. Yeah. Sing to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think he's a Hall of Famer, of course. And hey, look, he got voted in. And you know, here's the thing about Sting. Sting was on the the Observer Hall of Fame. I, I don't know about other wrestling Hall of Fames. Usually, when it comes to wrestling Hall of Fames, I just stick with the Observer because it's the easiest. Yeah, and has has more. I mean, look, the WWE Hall of Fame. Well, t- whatever, it has no credibility. But anyway, um, Sting. He didn't get. He was on the ballot for a long time. He did not get voted in like his first year. It took him a long time. So it's not like Sting was necessarily a you know quote unquote first ballot you know slam dunk Hall of Famer. I think he needed some time, and fans needed to look back on his career a bit to really say he was a Hall See, of Famer. I think if you look back with any type of critical eye, you say he's not a Hall of Famer. He never held the title for any long period of time. The few times he did win, business went down. The reason they took the title off him in 1992 or, or whatever was because business was going down. Yeah. He, I mean, dude, he's Diesel. He's Kevin Nash. Yeah, I mean, Nash was a big star in his own right too, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. So I think Sting is just seen more favorably from fans because they always saw him as a big star, as a main event player. And it didn't, the thing, too, is Sting, you know, Sting got in the business like 85, 86. By 88, he was already challenging. Rick, that was the, the first clash of the champions, him and Flair, where they went to the time limit draw. And I mean, I mean it still took a, like, you know, two more years before Sting actually won it. But the thing is, Sting... It didn't take long for him to get over. He was consistently one of the most over guys in WCW, and he was a top guy. And he was one of the top guys and most consistent over guys in TNA. I mean, you know, it is TNA. I get that. But what I'm saying is Sting had a— And, and, and dude, hold on, dude. If you want to talk about—if you want to talk— Oh, wait, no, no. wrestling at the top. But if you want to talk about TNA, like you just said that some people don't get in just because they don't get pushed. The only, the only reason Sting got that TNA run was because they're fucking star fuckers. Yeah, because Dixie was a major star fucker, yeah. So how can you use both sides? It's like, you know, Sting was getting unfair pushes. In TNA. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, maybe, I don't know, but T- but he drew for TNA. Yeah, because TNA was making so much money. Well, I mean, he drew better than them not having him. <coughs> 
I don't know. They were so stacked with people at that time. I mean, you could just point at any of them. I mean, they had Booker T and Kurt Angle. And Kurt, okay, Kurt, I think that Kurt Angle is a bigger star than Sting. Yeah, well, Kurt Angle's in the Hall of Fame. He got I in think before that, Sting. Yeah, did. and I think that Kurt Angle is just – I think that Sting is a very – I think he's a B-plus player. Look, you can go through that Hall of Fame list, and I'm sure there's a few guys you could pick and say, hey, should this guy really be in here? Like, you know, to me, I always thought AJ was a little questionable. I really did. Yeah. But I mean he got into the Hall of Fame. I think he's more of a I think he's more of a work he got in more for his work, but but at the same time, look, he did held the WWE title for a long time. He was the new Japan champion. So, so it was Diesel. Well, Diesel was never a new Japan champion. Well, you, you I said it as you were continuing your sentence. Yeah. So well, hey, man, maybe you should make a push for Nash to get in the Hall of Fame. I then. think Kevin Nash should be in the Hall of Fame. I think the whole, I think Kevin Nash exemplifies what a wrestler should be. You make money, you, you, uh, you politic for your own push, you get your buddy's cash, and you get out before you're injured. And I well, think he got injured Nash. a lot. I don't know about that. I don't yeah, think he got, I mean, he, got injured. He huh? he could have kept going. I mean, he could have got the surgery and kept going. I mean, Nash didn't wrestle long, like ninety one to two thousand three or four. It's like a full timer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was wrestling for TNA even like in twenty ten. That's true. I did forget about that. But yeah. you know what I mean. You know, you as know, a full time guy, guys, I mean, he probably did it. I mean, as a full timer, he probably only did it like 10, 15 years. I mean, even in WCW, he was only wrestling like twice a month. Yeah, and he was made, yeah. so. It, to me, hey, it's not the wrestling friendness; it's the wrestling business. It's not the wrestling friendness; it's the wrestling business. Yeah, I think that <laughs> Kevin Nash is everything a wrestler should be. Yeah, I mean, look, you can make the argument. I don't think Nash is a slam dunk Hall of Famer, but you can make the argument. Sure. If you were gonna make like like we need to make our own Hall of Fame that we induct like two people like that's another thing that annoys me is like there are some Hall of Fames that induct like twelve people a year. To me, a Hall of Fame should induct like two or three. Like that's my personal opinion. Well, it's all about it, it, to me. There's no number limit. It's all about did they get enough votes? Did they get the percentage? That's all. Yeah, um, and that's fine. So usually, like baseball, usually I mean, there's been years in baseball where like they induct one guy. There's been years where they induct like four or five guys. It just depends on who's on the ballot and if they make the cut. That's all. Do you want to do this podcast for like 10 years or do you think that we'll eventually get bored and quit doing it? I'll keep doing it. I mean, I'll keep watching wrestling, so I'm always willing to talk about wrestling. All right. How about every mania you and me induct? Uh, we'll, we'll get a couple buddies and we'll create a little Hall of Fame of the wrestling the bubble. bubble. The bubble Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I'm going to put Kevin Nash on the first ballot. <laughs> oh, come on. It's not going to be like Kasai or Terry Funk. Well, I know we'll create a ballot. I mean, we'll put you, me, oh, Sh- guys, Sh- okay, yeah, Sh- yeah uh, you, me, my buddy Shaheen. I'm sure you've got a buddy or two. Like, we'll get ten dorks who understand yeah. that the wrestling is a business, yeah. and we'll create a business hall of fame. Yeah, there you go. Um, oh, okay, here's one real quick, just to to go off with this: Is Paul Heyman uh, uh, a uh, a um, hall of hall famer? Of fame. Yeah, he's in the Observer Hall of Fame. But is he a bubble Hall of Famer? I think so. Paul Heyman has a lot of influence on the wrestling business as a whole, as okay. a booker, as a promoter. Yeah, he's he's definitely left his like his impact. Okay. I would wrestling. say I see, I'm really on the fence about it because here's why. So you know Ian Rotten, okay? You know like his basic story. He's a scumbag, he didn't pay guys. He paid guys in pills. Those guys, oh, you know, OD'd and died. 
Um, you know, he was the one promoting Mid South, right? Yeah, and he still does, and they don't make any money. And his son quit because they he didn't make any money. So I'm always like, so people are always like, Ian Rotten's a scumbag. He paid people in pills, and he didn't, and he stiffed guys on payment. I'm like, Paul Heyman did all the same shit. He put guys in unsafe matches. He left them cripples with no money and 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 drug problems. I think Paul Heyman is just as scummy as Ian Rotten. Yeah, but just because you're scummy doesn't mean you're not a good promoter or a good booker. And that's ECW went out of at. business. I mean, I mean, realistically, that's, that's well. Hold on, that's business. We're not talking about booking and promoting. Well, I think that the bubble, like you have to see. I look at it as like the whole package of like if Paul Heyman okay, walked look, in a okay, room. Look, ECW. Okay, here's the thing though. ECW did go out of business, and that is true. That does ref, that could reflect you know poor booking and poor promotion. But ECW is also very, and you know this. You're a big time yeah. ECW. ECW was very much influential in the wrestling business as a whole. It impacted WWF big time because they basically started doing what ECW was doing just on a bigger budget and bigger stars. Yeah. Not only that, he's well known as a manager. How many guys did he, how many class talents did he manage? You know, he was an announcer and, uh, sorry, commentator. I, I hate it when they call them announcers. I think it's stupid. They're, they're commentators. They're not, okay, you want to know something petty that I hate? Yeah. Why why do you call the guys calling the program, calling the matches? Why do you call them announcers? Isn't the guy that that who's in the ring when wrestlers come down, isn't he the announcer? No, the guys calling the problem, they're called commentators, okay? That's a little you petty. fucking nuts. There's a difference between a commentator and an announcer. There's a difference between a road agent and a producer. There's a difference. Yes, exactly. So anyway, I just think that Paul Heyman has a lot of influence on the business. So, yeah, I would say he's a Hall of Famer. Okay, cool. No, I mean, do, like, again, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just trying to argue for both sides, you know. I'm just – because right. there's – I mean, I, I always think of this. And, you know, we got to get off because I got to go to work in a minute. But um, I always think, like, there's probably a room of guys like Shane Douglas and Sandman and Justin Credible. There's a room of guys – that if that Paul like Paul Heyman does not associate with those people, he avoids those people. He doesn't do ECW fan cons. He doesn't do autograph signings. He these guys haven't seen Paul Heyman in twenty years because yeah, I bet Paul Heyman doesn't want to fucking look him in the eye. He's just ducking him. I re- yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're him, then yeah. If but... you owe the you know if you owe these guys for you know forty grand and you put it and you. Put them in matches that left them crippled, and you get and you created this environment where they're all doing drugs and popping right, pills, just breaking apart their bodies. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'll tell you what. You know what we need to do? One one episode. Let's go through the whole Hall of Fame, and you just say yes or no, and tell me why. All right. Cool. Let's do it next week. Um, let's okay. set up a mania during Mania. We can uh, do our first Hall of Fame. We'll get uh, in my head. Here's what we'll do. We'll get like you, me, and a couple other people, and we'll just we each bring a guy. We we each bring three guys to the table, and we democratically uh, elect it right here on the show. Right. I think right, that's right. a good way to do it. All right, okay. man. Where can people find you on Twitter, man? Topo Sagrada. But I don't really use Twitter. No, I don't. Okay. So, um, fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. You can find you know, me. No, I gotta. I gotta look into uh, when I get to Saudi Arabia. I don't. I think I'm wondering if Twitter will be blocked. I'm probably. Is Twitter blocked in Saudi Arabia? Oh, I did want to talk to you about the GCW show. Um, 
Oh, the one with um, Kasai in the main event. Yeah, it's not blocked. Yeah, what did you think of that show? <laughs> like, like give like a twenty I, I word. Only, thing. Okay, look, I only watched the Schlack and Nick Gage match. I didn't watch the main event with Jude Kasai. Um, the Schlack, Nick, I think Schlack is entertaining. I've seen Schlack live. I've seen Nick Gage is entertaining. Is all right. I got to see them live at DTU in, in uh, Mexico City, but. I don't know, man. Like, it's not really my style. I mean, they're just doing all kinds of crazy shit and just kicking out all kinds of crazy shit. I think deathmatch wrestling is um, borderline bullshit and stupid because they'll just do like insane things to each other and just keep kicking out. And it, it, it bothers me when you, you know, rave about it. And I'm like, when you hit, go on and like, I hate all this flippy dippy bullshit and they kick out of all these, you know, high spots. It's like, but you see guys kick out of ridiculous stuff in death matches all yeah, the time. Yeah, but inside of the death match world, I know that Nick Gage's finisher is two pile drivers. I know yeah, that. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I've seen guys go through like glass tables and falling off, you know, ladders into glass and they still kick out. I'm like, come on, man. It's, it's absurd. Like, I just think death match wrestling is kind of dumb. Is it less believable than like AAA? Um, I mean, that's a sliding scale that you don't even want to get into. Yeah, I mean, it's not less believable, but I wouldn't say it's more believable either. Yeah. So. Um, well, hey, a guy got stabbed in the match, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Look, if if you like deathmatch wrestling, cool, good for you. But I, and look, I, let me let me say this about deathmatch wrestling. We went to a Freedom Show. Uh, the second time I went to Japan, we went to a Freedom Show. It was a summer show. Yeah. And I think it was the – I don't know if it was Kasai and um, – Violento Jack. Violento Jack. And that was a fun show. And, you know, I'm not into deathmatch wrestling. But when you go to, uh, you know, a Cork and Hall Freedom Show with a hot crowd, yeah, you're going to have a lot of fun there live. But am I going to watch that on a consistent basis? No, of course not because – a lot Every of people say just, that where they're like, when you go to a deathmatch show live, it's 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 a blast. But to, but then yeah. some people are like, but to watch it on video, it's a bit hokey. Yeah, that's what that's exactly my point. Going to a deathmatch show, but then again, I went to DTU show live, and I was like one of the worst shows I've ever been to. Well, DTU sucks. Yeah, that like a like a really good freedom show is awesome to be there live. Cork and Hall, Shankiba, great to be there live. But am I gonna watch this like on my computer? Eh, there's plenty of other stuff to watch on my computer. I'll never forget the first ever time we sat. We sat like second row to a death match, and they were and they were putting up the light bulbs, and you were like, "Are those gonna hit us?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah I think that was at Shinkiba, and I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, we're like in the second row." I'm like, "Man, that glass is gonna fly right at us. What the fuck?" But yeah, sure enough. But you know, you just duck your head. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I don't even care. I don't mind at all. I'm. Whatever. Um, yeah, let me get that glass in my eyes. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, scratch cornea, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's fine. All right, yeah, dude. I don't need to see. Uh, I got to get to... Man, no one's ever lost their eye in a death match that I know of. Anyway. Anyway. All right, man. Um, enjoy Saudi Arabia. Hope that visa comes through soon. If In, yeah, in theory, sure. the next time we talk, you'll be in Saudi Arabia, right? It's possible. It's possible, yeah. If we wait till next week, then yeah, it's possible. All right, cool. All right, right. uh, I got to go to work, so I'll talk to you later. Yeah, good luck with your stupid job. My dope job that pays way more than your shit job. Well, I don't know. I do know. I'm going to a rich country now. Yeah, but I know what your contract is, and it's not as much as mine. Yeah, but you work more hours than me, so. I bet I don't. I bet you will. I bet I don't. 
Weren't you working like seven days a week? That's because I was working at a kindergarten for extra money, but there I quit that go. kindergarten job. But my yeah, contract, my my contract is bigger than your contract. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I didn't go back. Uh, what's wrong with going back? If you got a good blowjob, don't you want it a second time? Why do that when I can get blowjobs in other countries? You can do both. It's a terrible analogy. I wish I never brought oh, up blowjobs. Anyway, go back to your dumb job. 